You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose. Well, we knew they weren't going to go 82-0-0, and and for the first time in this 2022-2023 season, Flames lose a hockey game, the Sabres sweep the province of Alberta. On the official home of your Calgary Flames. The Flames win it! Yeah, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Good morning. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. The good news is it's Friday. It's the end of your work week. It's a little, it's a little rainy out. Um, bad news is uh, the Flames' perfect season is no more. Falling 6-3 to the Buffalo Sabres last night. Uh, we got a busy show. We usually do. Like, I got to come on and say our show isn't really that busy today. We're just mailing it in. Maybe that's maybe that's something I can say, too. Maybe one day, but look at this. Yeah. Like look at this. Packed. Look at this. Look at this. Uh, at the top of the next hour, senior Sportsnet columnist Ryan Dixon going to join us. Look around the National Hockey League. And Some things to chat about. Yeah, he also uh, predicted uh, the team that... Uh, is going to disappoint uh, the Edmonton Oilers. Oh! So we got to ask him about that. I wonder why. Uh, and get his thoughts on the rest of the league, get his take on the Calgary Flames. Uh, speaking of Calgary Flames, two-time Stanley Cup champion, Jamie McCowan going to join us at 7.30. Real cool event coming up that I yeah. think a lot of people are going to want to hear about. Toast to the Town featuring Lanny McDonald. We'll get all the deets with Jamie McCowan. Tommy Wielden Jr., Cavalry FC manager. They're playing the second leg of their playoff series with Forge this weekend. Sunday on the road. Sunday, 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 Sunday. You Monster trucks. You better be dead or in jail. If you're in jail, break out. <laughs> He'll join us at 745. Corey Lavalette, Carolina Hurricanes beat writer, North Star Journal in the Athletic at 8 o'clock. Uh, Canes lost last night to the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, they're here tomorrow night. Um, so... The Flames go from playing a really fast Eastern Conference team to playing a more talented and probably faster Eastern Conference team in the Canes tomorrow night down at the Dome. We'll get Corey's take on what's going on so far with the Flames. And what does Brent Burns look like there? Yeah, well, that wasn't even one of my first questions. It's there for sure, but they've got a bunch of young forwards that are really exciting. Seth Jarvis and Martin Achas and Andre Svechnikov had a hat trick yesterday. They're a good team. Um, and Dragon's Breath, where we share um, the hottest of hot takes from our resident Sportsnet 960 Dragon Fanny, uh, Ryan Leslie from Sportsnet. Uh, he's going to join us. He's going to jump in the Dragon's Den. Copyright. I'm glad you said that rather than mouth. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, in hindsight, I should have said mouth instead of den. Mm, I disagree. Uh, but uh, Sarah from Promotions has absolutely been killing it for us on this show. She's She got us Blink-182 tickets. Uh, for a whole week. For a whole week. Numerous tickets to Flames games. And guess what? What? You have your chance to win Flames-Canes tickets for tomorrow night's game down at the Dome. Oh, ho-hum. Just a nice Saturday night for you. But uh, we're putting you to work. Mm-hmm. So this is what's going to happen today. I love for work. you to win some... Well, it's not you. It's for the listeners. Oh. So it makes our jobs easier. Okay. Because now uh, I'm on board. Yeah, our dragon, our dragon wants some help. So uh, you can text in nine sixty nine sixty name and location. 
You have to give us your hottest flames take, so hot that only a dragon can spit out. And if we use your super hot dragon's breath take, you'll win flames and canes ticket to tomorrow night. We'll Better be able to go. Yeah, I'll be watching. Well, yeah, you because creepy binoculars, Maddie. Uh, we'll be watching to see if you're there. But if you tweet us nine six, text us or tweet us sure. at George Russick at Maddie Rose YYC at Sports at nine sixty. If you give us the hottest of hot Calgary Flames takes right now, we'll pick the best one. I think we'll even open up the phone lines a little bit after Corey before we get to eight thirty and Dragon's Breath with Ryan Leslie and you, Maddie Rose. 960-960 name and location. We pick your smoking hot flames take. You get to go to the game tomorrow. Boom. I think Off that's pretty go. good. <laughs> that's a great deal. You can go because they could do in the happy hour now this year. But listen, after the first loss, this is when the overreactions come hot and heavy. So if you got a hot take, yep. fire it off. You know, I, I understand if it's a hot take that you don't really want to say in public because maybe some people will chastise you because it's really that hot. Yeah. But the perfect place for it, 960-960, yep. name and location. Then you get your tickets. It's that easy. Uh, we love it. And there's one tradition of the show that uh, is like the Masters, unlike any other. It's me saying the city's wrong around Alberta. <laughs> but that's the way I have to learn. Yeah, exactly. I how think, else am I going to learn? I, think we're I learned Bo Ness. People are really mad at how you say Airdrie. That one's come up a few times. How, do, how are you supposed to say it? I don't that that one's confused. I was actually thinking about this yesterday. It's Airdrie. It's Airdrie. Have I've been saying it right. That's what I thought. But yeah. every time it comes up, people text in. So I maybe I've been saying it wrong too, but I don't know. That's one. But what what else do we have? Bonus. Yeah, I learned that yesterday. I'll never make that mistake. It's it's the opposite of Rick Bonus. It's Bonus. Yep. Yeah, you gotta the emphasis is different. Yeah, I got that. What was the other one that we had the other day? Drum Heller. Drum Heller. I got that down. Yep. Yeah, you've, you've, you've picked these up real quick, actually. Okay, well, I'm, I'm trying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Doing a good job. Okay, uh, name and location, um, please, because uh, we, we want to give you credit, and that's the only way you can win the tickets. That's you also to, important. You have to give your name and location. We always see your phone number for people who text in and thinking you're, you know, you're, no, we always see your phone number, mm-hmm. but we need your name and location so we can give you credit and then give you some Canes and Flames tickets. Yeah. I think that's awesome. And listen, we got listeners all over the globe. So we do. That's why we need your location because we're not going to give tickets to someone who's in Singapore or unless Australia unless they're flying in today. They're on but the, the plane listening. That's a good for them. Wow, that's dedication. But my yep. goodness. <laughs> Shout out Brad Nokadokes. Yeah, there you go. Good job, Brad. Um, already with with the hot flames take. So keep them rolling in 960, 960, name and location. All right, last night's game. Um, real quick before we, we break down stuff, I uh, I went grocery shopping yesterday. Oh, how exciting is that? Yeah, sure. Why but not? I was at the uh, the Westbrook Mall. Yeah, okay, over Did, by uh, Shag. It's close uh, to where I live. I just jumped in the Uber, and can I just tell you, like, from somebody who's had a car his adult life, not having a car here, it kind of sucks, and you got to. I'm just not used to it, right? Because mm-hmm. the, the biggest pain in the ass thing is like unloading groceries when you don't have a car. It's it's a lot more difficult. You got to get a ride, or else you got to walk. Like yeah. the thing for me is like if I'm going to go get groceries and I don't have a car, I got a backpack and I got maybe two bags of stuff. Yeah, and I can't be picking like 
packs of cola and stuff. I'm going right. to throw my back out walking home yeah. or something like that. Extremely mundane topic of conversation I'm having right now, but I did know it is this. Mm. I saw two dudes whipping what? around a pair of scooters. Oh, yeah. The one guy was wearing a Sabres sweatshirt, <laughs> and this other tall bearded guy was wearing a Sabres hat. Oh. And I go, I bet you they're going to the game tonight. And then I saw them in the mall at Starbies grabbing some coffees. Okay. Right? So who do I see last night when Tuck puts it into the empty net? Who's sitting by the glass and the sports net pans to a shot of two Sabres fans? It was those dudes. Was it the dude in the Hurricanes jersey with the Sabres hat on? Yeah. And then, oh right my, at the end. Really? It was those two dudes I saw at the mall earlier in the day. Because I noticed those two guys and I was right. like, wow, those guys are really into the Sabres. And I'm Mike. like, wow, the guys wearing a Sabres hoodie. I'm like, he's definitely going to the game Bro, tonight. Oh, what a day. What a world. They just got... Like, I'm so jealous because they just got to scoot around in, kind of wasn't the nicest day yesterday, it was a little bit windy, but got to scoot around all day at Westbrook Mall and then go watch their team win a hockey game. Like, those guys are winning at life. Yeah, they absolutely are. I wonder I, if they have jobs. I don't know if they're from Buffalo. Maybe they're not winning at life, but that that's fine. That would those two things would as we we talked about coincide. yesterday how violent crimes are more likely to happen 174 percent over the national average in the united states you never but told me about that lady the, the guy no, just let it let it skate mm. um we're gonna break down this game uh later on this segment there's two things i have to get to that i didn't get to yesterday what's that um the washington commanders continue to be an absolute <laughs> laughing stock okay and usually i don't like to read fake tweets on the air <laughs> But I have a clip of something that I've been laughing about for the last 24 hours to myself. <laughs> like, I, I don't want again, I'm overselling this. Oh, good. But it's something I saw that, you know, when you when people write LOL, and they never really laugh out loud. When I saw this yesterday before my nap after the show, I literally laughed out loud. Like, that's how good this is. Again, I'm overselling it. It's probably not that funny, but I thought it was hilarious. I'm excited now. I'm so we're going to do that later. Again, keep those smoking hot flames takes. I see they're, they're piling in There's right now. There's a few now. in there. Producer Patrick can't wait to vet them all right now. We're already keep doing them. it. Yeah, because awesome, you're such a go-getter. Um, keep them rolling in. 960, 960, name and location. Your smoking hot flames take so we can use it at Dragon's Breath at 830. All right, last night's game. Uh, flames lose 6-3. Get off to a great start. Yeah. Uh, they look like the Flames at the beginning of the game. Uh -huh. Score early. Uh, things are great. And then all of a sudden, Maddie, the Sabres just took over. And Calgary had a, a lot of a lot of problems with the speed of the Buffalo Sabres. Noah Hannafin didn't play. We don't really know what's going on with he Hannafin. Missed the last couple of practices as well. Like, he played Tuesday, but he didn't skate Monday, didn't skate Wednesday, and then doesn't play yesterday. So, so. There, we heard that there's a bug going through the dressing room. Well, maybe that's not it. Maybe he's hurt. Maybe it stems from that play on Saturday night that I keep referring to, the, the cheap shot by um, Puyarvi where he stuck his stick between his legs and he kind of fell awkwardly. I don't know. I can't speculate, but something's going on with Noah Hannafin. He doesn't play. Mackey's in on the blue line yesterday, but the Sabres' speed was the difference. Even though the Flames outshot the Sabres by a wide margin last night. Sometimes these these games happen in the NHL. It's a stinker. Um, was it a letdown spot? I don't know. But last night's game was one of those 82 of a season where a good team like the Flames just lay an egg, and Buffalo was 
full marks for that win last night. I thought they the Sabres really impressed me yesterday. That's for sure. Um, Tage Thompson looks like a really good player. There's a lot of young guys on that team who popped throughout the course of the night. We'd already talked about Rasmus Dalin a little bit off air. What a great night for him. And to score four goals to start the season is pretty impressive. I agree. I thought the Flames' start was exactly what you kind of expected and what you wanted from the team. They get out there. They get that early goal with a great cycle from the Cadre line. But then, like you mentioned, things kind of went off the rails. And it was strange because this is a team, the Sabres, they were playing without Labushkin. They lose Yoki Haru five minutes into the game when his teammate fires a puck right yeah. into his mush, which looked awful. And then just like that, the wheels started to come off. And it felt like turnovers were a real big problem. That was something Daryl Sutter talked about post-game as well. And once the puck was turned over, the Sabres just moved the moved the other way with such speed. And like you mentioned, the Flames couldn't handle it. Like There were a handful of odd man rushes early. I thought that the goals that Buffalo scored weren't necessarily on Jacob Markstrom, but I also didn't have a problem with going to Dan Vladar after the first period. I actually thought maybe the best hockey from the Flames in the first 40 minutes was the last four or five minutes of the second period. But then you come out and start the second and boom, Another goal, 35 seconds in. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Markstrom. Obviously uh, needs a, a bounce back, especially in the playoffs after what happened against yeah. the Edmonton Oilers because he wasn't very good. Even from the outside watching that series, he was letting in goals that aren't Jacob Markstrom-like. And the Flames won the first three games, obviously, of their season against some very tough opponents. Mm-hmm. Stanley Cup champs bitter division rivals, bitter provincial rivals, and then a team that looks like maybe back being a Stanley Cup contender in the Golden Knights. Those first three games, uh, the Flames didn't get spectacular goaltending because there's stretches in all of those games where the goaltending struggled. Even Vladar in that second period in Edmonton let in a couple questionable goals and was fighting the puck and then really turned up his play in the third and shut things down. But Jacob Marstrom so far this season uh, hasn't been... Jacob Markstrom, and like you said, you can't really fault him on those goals last night, but last night was maybe one of those instances where you need your goalie to steal you a game yeah. because your team is flat, and clearly that wasn't the case last night. I um, That's exactly the way I, I look at it. Yes, your team was not good enough. They didn't deserve the win, but those are the type of nights that sometimes a goaltender can steal you a win, much like Eric Comrie did for the Buffalo Sabres just a couple nights ago up the road in Edmonton when he stopped 46 of 48. And he was good again against the Flames, especially in the third period where they really started to press. I thought the third was strong for the Flames as well, but the Markstrom question certainly hangs high right now. Like you're talking about, you know, turnovers, right? And you're talking about grade A chances from the slot. Yeah. Like, Rasmus Dillon gets that puck on the blue line. He's completely unchecked. I don't know if Tyler Toffoli surprised Andrew Mangiapane with his change, but something happened on that second goal at the bench, and he was allowed to walk in unimpeded. Middlestad is on a breakaway on a penalty kill, and the first one is another laser from the slot. That one came from, was that the Tage, uh, Dylan Cousins? Yeah. The Where, Tate Thompson goal we thought was in, but it wasn't in. But what an absolute bomb. Oh, my goodness. That, that guy can shoot the puck. Wow. Holy smokes. And he's, and he can and he's skate. a large, large man. And I, he's 6'6". So, yeah, uh, there's that, too. Again, I, I talked about uh, Darlene uh, on the show yesterday because I've seen him play a lot and how ridiculously smooth he is. 
He also had that play where um, he was sticking up for Samuelson, and he did that super dirty slash on uh, Uyghur. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was... You know what? Like, that's a beer you, league special. Again, again, that's something that the guys on the bench... Because Samuelson's a young guy, just signed that monster extension for a guy who's never scored a goal in the NHL. Uh, and he's a younger guy and mix it up with Uyghur, who's a tough customer. I'm sure Samuelson wanted no part of Mackenzie Weger. And then what does Erasmus Dallin do? Like a snake. He slithers over. Oh, that was and, snaky. <laughs> oh, it was. And gives him that cheap little slash right on top of the laces. With the heel oh, right yeah. on top. Oh, it's one of my favorites oh, in such, front of the net. It's oh, such a just, dirty play. Ooh, like a hammer. Such a dirty play. But I'm sure the guys on the Sabres bench were like, yeah, thanks for sticking up for a man, even though it was a total cheap shot. It's not like Darlene's going to drop the mitts anyway, but just little stuff like that last night. Well, and it has an effect because Zadorov is losing his mind at Samuelson on the bench at right after that happens. And then moments later, an egregious cheap shot on Jeff Skinner. Yeah. Can egregious. You, what an incredible Zadorov. Last night was the Zadorov experience. Yeah, that, that Scores was- a beautiful goal. Has a few big hits, takes some dumb penalties. Like, what an incredible experience that was. Playing the team that originally drafted him in the first round, you know he had a little bit of extra juice in his in his skates last night. But what he was, uh, did was he the play good? Coaster. Did he play? I don't know, but at least he had an impact on the game, positive and negative. It was the Zadorov experience last night. I used to call him the roller coaster man because there's parts of the game where. He gets the puck on his stick and he's in the defensive zone. And you're like, wow, he just really shut down that offensive play. And then he throws it up the middle to a defenseman and opens up for like a point shot from the slot. And you're like, well, okay, there's some good and then some bad. And then you also see the rushes every once in a while. He tried to get to the net in, I believe it was the first period. He tried to go end to end and tried to get to the net. And then there was the humongous hit on Jacob Bryson in the yes. third period on the four check, no less, where he <laughs> And Bryson was giggling about that on the bench he was, later he on. Was, he was he plastered him he, like he did. I haven't seen someone fly through the air horizontally like that in yeah. quite some time. But it was a it, the it was buckle in, wait in line, and hop on the roller coaster and try not to puke. Uh, I uh, I dove for my phone uh, once the Flames opened the scoring. Manjapani scored early, and I go DNA line. It's in the house. Yes, DNA line. Let's go. And I tagged you and producer Patrick, and then all of a sudden in the third period, lines were in a blender. Oh boy, were they uh, ever! It was in a blender, and uh, the thing that really struck me last night about uh, the lineup changes, especially towards the end of the second and into the third period, uh, Lindholm didn't see a lot of the ice. Uh, he was thrown down to the third line last night. If there was a third line last night, because everything was so mixed up, down with Luce, Lucic and Dubé, who as a tandem of wingers have played quite a few games together, but yeah, that's, that's down the lineup for Elias Lindholm. It it was. And, uh, is that he, cause I just wanted to ask you how, how, how do you rate his play so far this season? He's been good. Oh, I wouldn't even, has he been, he's been okay. Maybe good is a strong word because he's part of that issue. Why that top line isn't gelling yet. Cause obviously he's the most important part of that line, even though Huberto is the best passer in the NHL. He hasn't been what we've normally seen from him so far this season. And Daryl Sutter, obviously not liking his game last night, putting him down the lineup a little mm-hmm. bit. What have you seen from him so far this season? And obviously last night's move. Well, was warranted to move him down the lineup a little bit. Yesterday, I I thought that 
it wasn't like an egregious game from Lindholm where I was watching and I said, this guy's, you, you can't put him out on the ice anymore. I did think that Michael Backlund played a pretty strong game after he had a pretty good game back on Tuesday as well and was deserving of getting the bump there as well. Maybe an issue of just a guy being on one night and the other guy not having it that night. He's been fine, I think. Like I've liked how he's been on the penalty kill. Him and Backlund have been an outstanding tandem. I think he's been pretty solid in the face-off circle, but... You're right. You know, that top line has had moments where they flash and they look really good. You know, yeah. you, you think of that, um, some of the goals that they've scored all early on. And, and even Tyler Toffoli got set up on another nice chance. Sometimes on the power play, they look kind of good. But it's just taken perhaps a little bit longer than I think a lot of people would like. Not that, you know, I don't I don't fault them necessarily. Um, you're talking about three very skilled players. Huberto and Gaudreau, as much as... You can look at their stat line and say, wow, they're the same player. Like, if you watch them, they're completely different players the way that they attack the ice, attack the offensive zone, the way they bait opposition, the way they set up their passes. So there's a little bit of a learning curve there. And like we mentioned earlier on in the week, I think this is probably the two most talented line mates Tyler Toffoli has ever played with in his career. Like, he spent some time with Andre Kopitar when he was in L.A., but... On the other side, there were always questions, and at that time, Toffoli was very early on in his career compared to where he is now, and he had yeah. never had anything like this in Montreal. So, I don't know. I'm willing to give them a little bit more time, but yesterday was certainly not one that um, instilled a lot of confidence that there's going to be a, a big bounce back from that group in the near future. Like that, I'm I'm very intrigued to see what the Lions look like ahead of this Saturday game for against the uh, Hurricanes. Um. Michael Stone is a guy that has a soft spot in, in a lot of people, a lot of fans in this city, because obviously of, of his history and how many contracts he signed. The guy loves the city of Calgary. The yeah. guy loves the Flames. We know Michael Stone's story. Uh, he, he's, he, the confidence he has with the puck, like he is <laughs> just, and uh, the one laser beam he shot, I love that Sportsnet had it on how hard he shot it. Just 98.3 miles an hour. From basically a standstill? Yeah. Like, that's just, that's absurd how hard that guy shoots the puck. But he's probably the most confident he's ever been, and I'm sure that's something they can ask him. Uh, probably since, what, eight years ago in his NHL career? Like, he has been a, a guy that's really confident with the puck. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I wonder what Michael Stone's ups, uh, offensive upside is going to be for this yeah. season. Because even last night, uh, had a lot of opportunities, created some stuff from the blue line. And obviously has that bomb. He has the bomb, but, you know, sometimes, and excuse the pun, the, the hands are a bit stony. You know, sometimes he can kind of chop it up. Like, seeing him on the power play there yesterday, there was an instance where the puck came back to him, and he kind of tried to stick handle, then he lost it, and it got into the slot. And that... I. I'm not faulting the guy. This is exactly what he's been for his entire career. A big guy who plays a pretty strong two-way game, who can rip the puck, but sometimes doesn't have the the softest mitts. Mm -hmm. And like there was a couple of passes through the neutral zone that were kind of similar, where they were just out of reach of a guy or just behind a guy, made it uh, tough for the team to continue through the neutral zone with speed. I, I thought that there were a couple of issues when they were asking him to do a little bit more offensively as the game went on, but there's there's so many things that you see and you look at as a third-pair defenseman and you know a utility guy on your second power play to just let that vicious shot go. He fits, he fits a role. He knows what his role is, and he does it pretty well. Now, granted, I also think that 
having him with Zadorov is a better pair than having him with Mackey. Mm. Um, lots still to come on the Flames game. Um, last night, they lose 6-3 to the Buffalo Sabres. Their first loss of the season will be all over. Jamie McCowan going to join us later on in the show. Ryan Dixon at the top of the hour. We're still taking your texts, 960-960. We'll even open up the phone lines at around 815. Uh, if you give us your best smoking hot Calgary Flames take that we can use for Dragon's Breath, you'll win Flames and Canes tickets to tomorrow night. Make sure you put your name and location. Before we get to the break, uh, there's a couple things I didn't get to yesterday, or there's one thing I didn't get to yesterday, and then I got to play you a piece of tape. Okay, go ahead. Because uh, I know it's it's Friday, but it's a little it's a little rainy out here yeah, in Calgary, downtown Calgary. First loss this season. First loss, yeah. Like, even though it, you're happy it's Friday, yeah. you know, it's not the best Some start. fall doldrums. To your Friday. Um, are you a 50-50 guy when you go to sporting events? If it gets high enough. You're in, right? And it's crazy how in Western Canada these numbers. I know at the Oilers games during the, the Oilers playoffs, is egregious. Like it's it's, it's even during the regular season, it's goofy. Yeah, I check in if the one at the dome gets over a hundred. Then uh, then I'll then I'll go find an usher. Okay, so fifty fifty is a thing in Western Canada. People love it. Uh, apparently, uh, Drew in Rockville in the Maryland area. Maryland. Yeah, um, the Washington Commanders are a team that. They have some issues. They stink. Uh, we, we know, uh, first of all, uh, Carson Wentz, not very good. Uh, we know all the all the stuff surrounding owner Daniel Snyder because it just feels like it's an eventuality when the NFL and its owners are just going to kick this dude out of the league. You hear all the, all the slimy things that guy's done behind the scenes owning the team. But this was great. So apparently this dude, Drew, uh, won the 50-50 draw in week one for 14 grand. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, not bad. 14K. Sure. Yeah. Probably um, like a $20 ticket. You yeah. like that? Um, I hope somebody from the Flames Charitable Foundation is listening to this because they can actually laugh in the face. Drew got the check from the Washington uh, uh, Commanders Foundation. He went to go cash it. The check bounced. <laughs> How does a check bounce from a, fo- from a football team that's literally worth billions of dollars couldn't go through. The check bounced. Like you're, you're, you're super happy. You won. You go to the bank. Maybe it was one of those checks like in semi pro where it was one of those oversized novelty checks and he was trying to cash it. No, it didn't cash. So then the commanders come and what do they do? Well, they tried to to blame the bank quote. uh, We reached out to the fan and set an electronic payment directly to his account it was a bank error, and we have reached out to the bank and determined what happened to ensure it doesn't happen again. Yeah, seems about sure. right. Definitely wasn't spending all that money on private investigators to get all the dirt on the other yeah. owners that Dan like, was teasing everybody about. Dan Snyder has 14K in his jeans. <laughs> and then how just how embarrassing that a $14,000... Like, that would be the last... If you won the 50-50 at the Flames game and you went to cash that check, that would be the last thing you think would happen, that the check would actually bounce. Like you'd look like such a clown. Like they'd be like, "You're no, you didn't win a fifty-fifty at all." Like we have to call the police, sir. Like this is a yeah, crime no, that you're this, trying to do. Yeah. So according to Forbes, uh, this year uh, the Washington Commanders are worth five point six billion dollars. Hmm. And a fourteen thousand dollar check, math, but could not clear. Hmm. All right. Uh, before we get to the break, I don't. I saw this clip. I've I've really I've. I, I'm overselling this, I think. Okay, okay. 
But uh, there was a fake tweet floating around the internet from Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh. Okay. Um, And it surrounds the passing of Queen Elizabeth. Oh. Okay. So uh, a local ABC news station uh, does this story, fact or fiction. They have this news story. So the reason why I picked this because I saw this clip and I... I, I have been thinking about it the last 24 hours. So I'm going to play you two pieces of tape. One is the original, and then there's another tweet that these tweets don't exist. But I'll tell you what The Rock's response was to this, too. So, uh, Alex, let's play uh, the, the fake Dwayne Johnson tweet that <laughs> oh. I just hope to God it was, it was, it was real, but it's not. But here's, here's, here it is from an ABC News station. In both cases, it appeared Johnson used Queen Elizabeth's death to promote his upcoming film, Black Adam. One of the images shows a tweet saying, rest in peace, Her Majesty the Queen, a great woman who sat on the throne as long as anyone in British history. Sad she will never get to see Black Adam in theaters (laughs) October 21st. (laughs) That's very The Rock, yes. I can't. I can't. I can't. There's there's another piece to that, too. Play play number two. A second one says, everyone knows Black Adam has only two weaknesses, lightning and the death of a famous monarch. <laughs> like, I really wish... I really wish those tweets were real. Isn't this guy supposed to take on Superman? Is yeah, like I, lightning and like, the queen passing Could you imagine? Like, I just... Wouldn't that be the best if it was actually real? It's too bad she won't see Black Adam in theaters. It's just like when when there's a, like, a, a famous person passes away and then people have to pile on social media and say, oh, or there was a tragedy. It's like, oh, that, that just happened, but what about me? But what about... This, how will this affect right now? me? Yeah, Dwayne Rock literally had to go on Twitter and say, no, those, those things aren't real. <laughs> it never happened. Here's my actual tweets promoting the movie, and here's my actual tweet on the passing of Queen Elizabeth. Because when, when we heard about the passing of Queen Elizabeth, what else did you do but immediately go to Dwayne The Rock Johnson's <laughs> Twitter account to get his reaction to the passing of Queen Elizabeth? It's... You know what? That's the first place I went. Like any time that I need any royal news, oh my god, right to uh, my man, The Rock. Can I hear clip number one one more time, Alex? Because I I can't get it out of my head. Hit it. In both cases, it appeared Johnson used Queen Elizabeth's death to promote his upcoming film, Black Adam. One of the images shows a tweet saying, rest in peace, Her Majesty the Queen, a great woman who sat on the throne as long as anyone in British history. Sad she will never get to see Black Adam in theaters October 21st. It'd be like, and it's not oh what he God. would do either, really. No, like, of course he wouldn't do that. Uh, um, it reminds me of this. Uh, when the Queen did pass, uh, yeah. BBC Radio oh, did like yeah. a, a 10 second little like insert into all of their stations. They just cut, st- like when we do like an Amber Alert here. Yeah. And uh, they did one for their EDM station. This is BBC News. We're interrupting our schedules for the following announcement. Buckingham Palace has announced the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. 
And then that's it. That's and it. Then it went back. That was live radio. That if you were in your car wow. listening to the EDM BBC, that's what you got. No, you're like you're like what? Majesty I, Queen Elizabeth II. What? Wait. What? what? Man, this is good. This is Man, this, this bops. But what was that part? Was yeah. that a remake? What now? What was that? Hmm. Oh man. God, I wish that rock tweet was actually real, but it's not. Because <laughs> that's the best tweet of all time. Go see Black Adam. It's out yeah, today. It's, it's already out in theaters. Go get it. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. Straight ahead, the Rose Report. Maddie's going to break down uh, the Flames 6-3 loss last night to the Buffalo Sabres. At the top of the next hour, Ryan Dixon, Sportsnet senior columnist, will tell us why he thinks the Edmonton Oilers will be the most disappointing team in the NHL this season. Stanley Cup champion Jamie McCowan, Tommy Wielden, Corey Lavalette, uh, Dragon's Breath. It's all straight ahead. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. Sports at 960. The fan. You're listening to the big show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames. Sportsnet 960. The fan. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960. The fan. The top of the hour. Ryan Dixon, senior Sportsnet columnist, will get his take on the Calgary Flames. And you can tell us, because Sportsnet, all the all the hockey people, they have all these predictions for the season. Stanley Cup champion, blah, 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 Hart Trophy, most disappointing team. Yeah. Ryan picked the Edmonton Oilers oh, as the most disappointing team. Too bad. So right away, when somebody, somebody slags uh, the city of Edmonton and or the Edmonton Oilers, it's a ticket onto the we show. We got a slot. We got a Again, slot. This is what I've learned so far being here. Don't go to Edmonton. No. Although no. Eric Francis was kind of warming me up to the mall. Go to Cross Iron, bro. Same deal. Unless you really love to go to water parks. Mm. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of weird. Yeah. All right. So no Edmonton. Maybe I want to wear jogging pants and dress shoes. <laughs> maybe I want to do that. Maybe I want to rock that look. Maybe I want to be a little freaky. Yeah, maybe I do want to do that. Uh, the Morning Report, the Rose Report, brought to you by MotorWorks. Exceeding all expectations, BMW repairs and service in a state-of-the-art facility where they'll meet and beat all competitors' quotes on 51st Ave and 3rd Street. Southeast. Marty Rose. Matt Rose. Matt Rose. Fellas, no time to waste. The Flames were in action yesterday. We've got a hockey game. Every other Canadian team was in action. Plus some big NFL news. An awful night for the Red Rocket. Baseball and a handful of local notes to get you started for the weekend. Let's start with the Flames taking on the Sabres. Buffalo beat Edmonton Tuesday on the back of Edmonton native Eric Comrie. The goaltender stopped 46 of 48 against Edmonton. Showed out against the Flames once again. Wasn't a great game for the Flames, but Comrie certainly didn't help their cause. Jacob Markstrom got the start for Calgary, and the only lineup change saw Noah Hannafin come out. Connor Mackey into the lineup. He played with Michael Stone. Zadorov played with Anderson. Tanev and Uyghur stayed together. Uh, two parts of the first period that I like for the Calgary Flames. The first handful of minutes. Plays at left point to Mackey, who shoots and misses on the far side. Here's Stone behind the net. Kadri in front. Majapati scores! A great shift for the Flames' second line. And Andrew Majapati rifles the puck into the top quarter of the Sabres' net. That Kadri line, outstanding early on. They get the early goal. I like the first... I like the last part of the first period. The middle part, not so much. Cousins shoots and scores. 
Jacob Markstrom made a miraculous save on the first shot by Dylan Cousins. But the puck just sat on the goal line and Cousins was able to poke it into the Flames net. Break wide pass by Hinnestrosa. Now it's centered in front and they score. A quick three-way passing play finished by Rasmus Dahlin. Puck gets turned over, racing after it is Middlestad. He walks in, shoots and scores. So the workhorse from Whitehorse, Dylan Cousins, banging home a rebound on the first one. That was caused by a turnover. Bad change on the second one. Rasmus Dolin scores coming in from the blue line. NHL record. He's got goals in four games to start the season. It's the first time an NHL defenseman has ever started a season with goals in four straight games. And then on the top, you had Alex Tuck with, uh, or pardon me, it wasn't Alex Tuck with the third goal there. It was Casey Middlestad. But man, not a great middle for the Calgary Flames. Didn't love the top line or the fourth line in the first. Thought the Cadre line was impactful. The back line was average. Flames trailed 3-1 at the break. Coming out of the break, a goalie change. Jacob Markstrom pulled after allowing three on 12 shots. Too bad for Dan Vladar. The Flames continued to give up good chances to the Sabres early on in the second period. The tuck. Walks up the middle and slides the left wing side to Power who joins the rush. Power drops it. Tuck shoots it and scores. What a shot by Alex Tuck. Who's An absolute laser by Tuck. That thing went post and in 4-1. Flames had to kill a couple of penalties. The first for a Tanev hook. The second for a Zadorov board on Jeff Skinner. We talked about it in the first segment. He didn't love the Darlene play. Next shift goes out, takes a run at Jeff Skinner. They go and they uh, kill the penalty. It looked like they didn't. Tage Thompson like put a crack in the crossbar with a ridiculous oh one-timer. That it, everybody thought was in. I thought it was in from the press box. Yeah. It looked like it was back barring out, especially the way it almost bounced kind of dead. But no, that thing was not. Uh, anyways, the Flames were able to get another goal near the end of the second period. Long shot by Lewis. Stopped by Comrie. Loose puck in front. Ruberto to Lewis. He shoots and scores! And did the Flames need that on a beautiful feed from Jonathan Huberto. Trevor Lewis scores with 1.6 seconds to play in the second period. And? And did the Flames get lucky? Puck goes off the referee's oh. foot. Huberto jumps on it, finds Lewis. 4-2 to two after 40 minutes. Um, Going into that third period, all of a sudden, the way the, the, the Sabres were just outskating the Flames, you still thought, got a chance here. You're only down by totally two. Lucky, only got two. Uh, we know two goal leads in the NHL ain't what they used to be. All of a sudden, the way the Flames have been playing and the way they fought back against the Golden Knights this season, you're like, hey, we got a game here. And then the third period happened. To Foley, right point to Anderson, across the line. Zadora shoots and scores! It was only positive waves. Nikita Zadorov <laughs> snaps the puck just inside the near goal post. We've got a hockey game. A nice shot by Nikita Zadorov did get the Flames within one goal to start the third period, but then once again, things kind of fell off. Uh, Zadorov took a bad tripping penalty. His own blue line got caught flat-footed, so it sent the Sabres to the man advantage. Rasmus Anderson would turn it over in the neutral zone. Alex Tuck would score, and that would pretty much be it. They would score another empty netter. 6-3 ends up being the final score as the Flames take their first loss of the season. The Sabres come through Alberta, catch a couple of contenders with their pants around their ankles and leave with four points. Uh, first time Sabres done that since 2018. Um, not that anybody cares about that. Uh, I thought uh, they, they did. They, they talked about it on the broadcast last night, too. They missed Hannafin on the blue line, and 
I didn't think Anderson had a great game. He was out of position. I didn't think Chris Tanev had a good game either. Numerous and times. when you're missing Noah Hannafin and yeah. two of your other top four guys don't have a great game. And, and I know and I know Sutter post game wasn't crazy about Mackey's game either. Yeah. So when you only have so many opportunities to, to show. Um, they really missed Noah Hannafin last night. And Zadorov was just, as we talked about it, the Zadorov experience had some incredible hits, some stupid penalties, a beautiful goal. But last night was sloppy and... Jacob Markstrom, is he starting tomorrow night? See, that's going to be interesting now the next over the next 24 hours, 24 plus hours. Is he going to start? Is it Vladar tomorrow against the Canes? Like that's going to be a little fascinating storyline heading into tomorrow night. Without a doubt. Uh, the Flames did sign Dan Vladar to an extension yesterday. Two years, $2.2 million per. He's obviously signed for this season at League Men. But he'll be around for perhaps the next little bit. If Dustin Wolf is ready, maybe you trade him. Maybe you have a couple trade options. Or maybe Dustin Wolf marinates in the AHL for a little while longer. We'll see. Uh, last night's action across the NHL. Every Canadian team was in action, so we'll start with the Oilers. They were taking on the Hurricanes, the next opponent for the Flames. Up the QE2. Has it on the left wing boards. To McDavid in front. To dry settle. Scores! Yeah, maybe don't do that. Dry settle alone in front of the net on the power play. Maybe try not to do that. Ho-hum a night for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. A goal and three assists for four points. Same thing for Connor McDavid, but it's not really no. impressive at this point. It's like, yep. whatever. Uh, the Hurricanes lost 6-4, to four, but they did have a hat trick from Andrei Svechnikov. Uh, it's it's going to be super fun tomorrow uh, watching them play the Flames because you go from a fast-skating, young Eastern Conference team to an even faster-skating, more talented Eastern Conference team. Mm, shall be fun. Canucks in the Wild. Oh, Vancouver fans, how we doing out there, guys? Canucks held 2-1 and 3-2 leads over the Wild. They weren't multi-goal leads, but no lead is safe when you're the Vancouver Canucks. Zuccarello scored on the power play in the third period, sent the game to overtime. Back to Zuccarello, right circle, a head fake, waiting, down low, Kaprizov. He's got a short side angle if he wants it. Fire one, it ricocheted back to him. No whistle, he's got an empty net. He scores! Kareel Kaprizov! Another loss for the Canucks. Outshot 37-26. Held a lead. They go 0-5 to start the season. Home opener for them coming up this weekend. Mercifully. At least they, at least they have points in their last few games. Silver lining. That's right. Silver lining. Leafs facing the Stars as life began without Jake Muzzin. The Battle of the Robertson Brothers. Jason for Dallas. Nick for the Leafs. Nick scored in the second period. Made it 2-1 for Toronto. But Dallas tied it up. This one also went to overtime. A pass for Robertson. Brought to center. Robertson over the line, dropping it back. Another shot. He scores! Holy Mackinac! The kids won it! His second goal of the game! And Nicky Robertson wins it in overtime! Joe Bowen loves it. He does. As um, he should. So, uh, real quick about Joe Bowen. Yeah. Super nice man. Hockey Hall of Famer. Like, yeah. Joe Bowen's a legend. Uh, when the when the Leafs play uh, the Blues this season, we have to roll on it because the way he says Colton Pareko's name, Pareko, yeah, it's it's not even remotely close to what it is. Oh, okay. I think he calls him Perieko. Oh, like it's really it's gets that Y in there. Hey? Yeah, no, he does. Like you have to. Like he's we'll, Russian we'll roll or something. Yeah, yeah, no. Again, uh, okay. Joe Bowen. Real quick on uh, Sheldon Keefe walking back some comments. Mm. How embarrassing is that? Uh, blaming the media now. Yeah. That he called out his elite players. Can that team be any softer than they are? 
Canadiens take it on the Coyotes. If you didn't love Arbor Jackeye before, Flames fans, you might now snot bubbled Zach Cassian in the first period after the Habs opened up a three to nothing lead. Then in the second, a cool moment for Yuri Slavkovsky. Try to move it out. Turn over here. Slavkovsky scores. First in the National League. Yuri Slavkovsky. 6-2, Canadiens beat the uh, Arizona Coyotes. First goal of the career for the 2022 first overall pick, Slavkovsky. Um, uh, I thought it was funny, Brendan Gallagher postgame saying uh, he was finally taping his stick like an NHL player. <laughs> That's why he actually scored. <laughs> and uh, if you haven't seen the Nick Suzuki penalty shot goal, very Datsukian of him. Greasy. It, it was gorgeous. My it favorite was. move in NHL 22. And uh, Jacki, I think uh, one of the best nicknames in hockey. Yes. They call him Wi-Fi. Because his, his last name looks like a Wi-Fi password. Finally, some creativity from a hockey player. Good Lord. Thank God we have a really creative nickname. We could have gone with Jackie, but whatever, yeah, no, yeah. I guess. Like, I guess Wi-Fi is good. Jets on the road face the Golden Knights. All Vegas in this one. Jets for their game last night in Colorado. And a bad turnover by Ruddick. And Eichel scores! Oh, Ruddick gave it away to Jack Eichel. He snaps home his second of the night. Yeah, Jack Eichel can shoot the puck, so don't maybe turn the puck over to him. Big save, Dave, with that oopsie in that one. Jets lost 5-2 to two to the Golden Knights. Senators hosted the Capitals. Everyone's talking about Mason McTavish, Matty Beniers, and Owen Powers for the Calder, but Shane Pinto scored his third goal of the season, and it was the game winner as the Senators were able to beat the Capitals 5-2. to two. Elsewhere, Bruins over the Ducks 2-1. Kings got smoked by the Penguins 6-1. Pens still haven't lost in regulation. Look out. Blue Jackets over the Predators 5-3. Sharks got their first win 3-2 over the Rangers at MSG, and the Devils beat the Islanders 4-1. Three games tonight, Lightning Panthers at 5-30. That's always a fun matchup. Matthew Kachuk's first dive into the Battle of Florida. Red Wings and Blackhawks at 6-30, and then at 7, it's the Kraken visiting the Avalanche. Week 7 of the NFL season began with the Cardinals and the Saints down in Arizona. Kyler Murray played well, given that a new Call of Duty was released earlier this week. But this game started to get away from the Saints when the Red Rocket, Andy Dalton, started slinging the rock, maybe a little over-aggressive and quite inaccurately in the end of the second quarter. Dalton underneath, and his tip, and interception. And all the way inside the 10 to the end zone goes Marco Wilson. Marco Wilson with a pick six. Isaiah Simmons had a 56-yard pick six, both as the first quarter came to an end. The Cards led 28-14 at the half. They ended up taking a 42 to 34 and victory themselves. The Cardinals because the play clock was wide. Yeah, um, cut two things quickly, three things quickly from this football game. Uh, Kyler Murray screaming uh, at Cliff Kingsbury during a timeout, uh, saying uh, "Bleeping, calm down, bleeping, calm down." That was great. Uh, the Cardinals' offense looks completely different with DeAndre Hopkins there. Had 10 catches last night. He was a monster. Uh, he's such a security blanket for Kyler Murray. And Andy Dalton's the king of prime time. <laughs> He's now 0 for 12 in primetime games. What a you know, Kirk Cousins, he goober. gets a bad rap, but Kirk Cousins is like Tom Brady compared to Andy Dalton in primetime. Never won a primetime start. And the first interception wasn't his fault, went off Marquez Callaway's yeah. hands. The second one, he threw right to Isaiah Simmons. <laughs> was He's brutal. like, catch, catch and uh, house it the other way. Uh, he wasn't very good last night for the Saints. We might have to turn back to Jameis Winston, who's dealing with a back injury. I still blame him for ruining A.J. Green's time in Cincinnati, but there were other issues there as well. 
You can uh, stay healthy. Christian McCaffrey got traded Whoa, as well. Whoa, what a blockbuster. The Panthers get a second, third, and fourth round pick in 2023, a fifth round pick in 2024 for the stud running back. Two touchdowns, 393 yards on 85 attempts. He's only played two or three games in the last two seasons. We had Charles Davis on earlier in the week. He said he'd be shocked if they could get a fourth for him. And instead, yeah. they ransacked the 49ers, who now don't have a draft pick until 2026. Yeah, um, the uh, this trade was shocking. Number one, if you're an Eliza Mitchell fantasy football owner, you might as well drop him because Christian McCaffrey's going to get all the work now in San Francisco. But why would the Niners give up so much for a running back who can't really stay healthy? I get it. You pair him with George Kittle and Debo Samuel. Is that the best trio of playmakers in the you NFL? Still have Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the ball. He's he's serviceable and super handsome. But he's serviceable yeah. enough to get the Niners to the Super Bowl because their defense is so good. But Christian McCaffrey, that much? And then they're eating his cap hit, too? It's a great trade for the Panthers. You get that much for a running back? I think it's a nice piece of business for the Panthers. And if you own Christian McCaffrey in fantasy football, you must be super excited oh. this morning because now he's going to a much better situation. It's just, can he stay healthy? Yesterday in baseball, we'll switch it up a little bit. Alex Bregman hit a three-run shot. The Astros beat the Yankees 3-2. to two. As a result, they lead the ALCS two games to none. NLCS continues today. Game three goes at 535. Padres and the Phillies. That series is all tied up at one. And a bunch of Jays were nominated for gold gloves yesterday as well. Whit Merrifield at utility, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. at first base, Matt Chapman at third, Jackie Bradley Jr. in right, and Jose Barrios mm. as a pitcher, all nominated for gold gloves. Raptors and Nets, doubleheader today and tomorrow. Yeah. I don't know what time the game is at tonight. I think it's at uh, 530. 5.30. It's in Brooklyn. Yes. Oh. I'll be watching that game tonight. I wrote down Nets. I don't know why I said 76ers. Oh, you didn't say 76ers. You said Nets. Well, now I'm all sorts of confused. Yeah. You said, yeah, they're playing they the play Nets They play the tonight. Nets in a yeah. doubleheader today yeah. and tomorrow. And then they, I think they have a doubleheader against Philadelphia. Uh, I, uh, it's going to be interesting tonight. Uh, they're playing uh, the Nets in Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, they play uh, the Sixers next week. But, yeah, Raptors in Brooklyn tonight. Unfortunately, we won't have a 24-second uh, Raptors recap because it's Saturday. We can do one on Monday for the Raptors in the Heat. Okay, they play, we'll do they that. play Saturday at 6 yeah, o'clock. So the Raptors on the road in Brooklyn and then tomorrow in Miami against Kyle Lowry in the Heat. And they have a doubleheader against the 76ers next week. That's what I'm getting it confused about. Okay. Where they play them back-to-back nights in the same People building. Like, Enough basketball! Yeah. <laughs> Shut Too up! Much. Uh, Shut up, idiots! Stamps and Riders play on Saturday. Uh, depth charts will come out later today. whole bunch of guys listed as questionable on the final injury report. Uh, two games today, tie Cats and Red Blacks. Plus, the Elks play the Lions. Both those games have playoff relevance to both the Stampeders and the Rough Riders. Stamps are going to play the Lions in the West Division Semi. The question is where. Right. Wranglers and Eagles. Uh, Wranglers are on the road. Their first road trip since oh. becoming the Wranglers. Nice. They play the Colorado Eagles tonight at 7 o'clock and tomorrow also at 7 o'clock. The Hitmen play the Blades tonight. That's a game at the Scotiabank Saddledome, 7 o'clock. Logan Gordon will have your pregame at 6. They host the Prince Albert Raiders on Sunday. And Cavalry and Forge, they play Sunday at 3 o'clock as well. It is the second leg of the semifinal. Winner goes on to the one-leg final next weekend. That's it. All right. Great job, Maddie. Uh, the Rose Report brought to you by MotorWorks, exceeding all expectations. BMW repairs and service in a state-of-the-art facility where they'll meet and beat all competitors. Quotes on 51st Ave and 3rd Street Southeast. Straight ahead, Ryan Dixon, senior Sportsnet columnist, Jamie McCowan, Stanley Cup champion, Tommy Wilden Jr., 
Cavalry FC manager and we'll start taking your Dragon's Breath hot takes. 960, 960, name and location. You give us the hottest of hot takes, we'll use it 830 for Dragon's Breath. You'll win Flames and Canes ticket to tomorrow night's game. So keep them rolling in. 960, 960, name and location. Lots to come. Big show. Russick and Rose. Sports at 960. The fan.